Merry Christmas, everyone. Good to see you this morning. Glad you chose to join us for our Christmas service. It's been a lot of fun and joy. Thank everybody for all their hard work. Kids, Christy, they, everyone, fantastic. Iggy, nice drawing. I like Cassius Tree better, but that's all right. So we're a day away from Christmas Eve. Wow. And the last, it's, yeah, it's just, it's a great, it's such a wonderful time. It's like we just, us as believers and followers of Christ, it's like, you know, this is just when we just like kind of almost in a sense rule the world, you know, because all over the world, everywhere, it's Christmas, right? It's right up on us. The last few weeks you've heard, likely heard along the way a Christmas song or two, right? And these songs were a significant part of the Christmas season. I mean, you know, and that's because these songs tell us, were written to tell us about God come into this world. And they were written to tell us about Jesus, the Son of God, who came into this world, stepped out of heaven to bring hope and salvation to all of humankind. And that's what it says in Luke chapter 2, verses 11 through 12. It says, an angel says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. See, Christmas songs or carols, as you might know them, they were written to help us celebrate the birth of Jesus. I just want to encourage you to do that today, deep within your heart, within your soul, to just to begin to celebrate Jesus. God come into this world for you. So we decided to do this series on Christmas songs. During this series, we've been selecting popular Christmas songs out of transcendent time. We're looking at the words, the lyrics to the songs, and we're picking out the spiritual meaning and how we can apply it to our life. Today, we're looking at the classic, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It is the oldest Christmas song that exists. It was written by Catholic monks a thousand years ago. That just does something to me to think, wow, wow, this thing has transcended time a thousand years ago. Now, it wasn't originally written as a song, but more of a chant. If you picture these monks in a monastery, and they're not talking, but they're chanting, kind of in like a prayer or worship to God. I'm going to read the lyrics of the song. We'll sing it at the end. I won't, you might, you will, should, Christy will. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free thine own from Satan's tyranny, from depths of hell thy people save and give them victory over the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, desire of nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid thou our sad division cease and be thyself our king of peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. So rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel has come to thee, O Israel, has come to thee, O Israel, O Israel. So this Emmanuel is a, a term that's referring to the Messiah. It's referring to Jesus. Emmanuel means God with us. Have you ever had that thought? Have you ever tossed out that request like God be with me? You know, when you 
getting on a roller coaster and you're in your 40s and you got four kids, right? When you're about to take a big exam at school, you, you, they're rolling you in for an operation. You're going over Iris's house for dinner, you know? I just had to. I owe her one. I told her I'd get her back last week. Worse, you're going to the airport with Jim Murphy and he's driving. Well, <laughs> let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 27. And here we read of an angel, and he's talking to Joseph, who at this time is betrothed. Kind of what you might see it as an engagement, but really it's kind of more like what we might have as a marriage. He's betrothed to Mary, getting ready now. It took about a year to get his life ready, and then they come together. But now he's thinking about divorcing Mary, his young teenage bride-to-be. And in verse 20, it says, But after he, Joseph, had considered this, divorcing Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. We are his people. So angel... The angel tells Joseph the primary reason for Jesus coming to this world is to save people from their sins. Verse 23, let's keep going to verse 23. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, Isaiah, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now that's amazing. It's not only amazing because an angel is saying it. I mean, that's pretty amazing right there. But what he's saying, these words that he's repeating are words spoken by the prophet Isaiah to the nation of Israel 700 years earlier, saying that a Jewish virgin would give birth to a son and that son would be called Emmanuel. God is with us. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. To those who read those words, who heard those words, it was stunning. It was overwhelming to them. God, the one who created the universe, the almighty God, the one, the only, the holy, holy God who watches over us from afar, he is with us right here and now. Now, to some of you, that might not seem like such a big deal. Some of you might not believe in God. We're glad you're here today. You're not alone. Others, it's sort of a nice, warm, and kind of a fuzzy statement, right? You know? Others are like, really, like, God is with me. You think so. As you do a quick reflection, review of your current life, you're like, really, you think God is with me? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Okay, I'm not saying he's not here, but I don't think he's with me. I'm not saying I don't believe in God, but right now, I just don't think he's with me. I'm just not feeling that. I'm not sensing his presence. Some of you are in a difficult spot, place, time, and, and you, I've said this before in the course of these last few weeks that Christmas is like, it's the magnifier. It's a great magnifier. It, it, it sort of takes that which is good and that which is bad and it just blows it up, right? It seems to kind of stir up and cultivate those painful times, even those of the past, and bring them forward and just put them on display for us in our hearts and in our minds. And you begin to say to, yourself, say to yourself, is God with me? If he is, what's going on? What has gone on in my life? Where is this God? How is he with me? And some of you have thought along the lines of, you know, really, if I'm just simply 
I don't think well of myself. I'm fairly ashamed, whether consciously or deep, deep down. I'm ashamed of who I am and what I've done and the decisions I've made in my life. And really, I just don't think God is with me. It's truly, it's just hard for me to digest that and accept that. I hope before you leave here, leave here this morning, I truly have hoped and I have prayed that before you leave here this morning that you come to great faith in Jesus Christ, that you decide to follow the one, the Emmanuel who God sent into this world and that you will believe and will truly know that God is with you. In Luke chapter 1 verse 28 we read of the angel Gabriel visiting Mary and he's about to tell her the news that she, a virgin, will be with child and that child is going to be the son of God. Now this is earth-shaking news to her. It would rattle your life too, right? And Because it, it's not just going to change her life, it's going to change the world forever. I say this, even if you don't believe in God, that moment changed the world forever. Even if you don't believe that moment happened, the fact that it was, it just changed everything. It's uncontestable. Now, we do believe this was an inspired moment by God. We do believe in the scripture. We do believe that all this did happen, and we do believe in Jesus, God with us. And we have this hope and this peace. And, and, and Mary, hearing these words, is rattled. Fear courses through her veins. She comes to this deep place of, a, of an uncertainty. And before the angel gives her the news, in Luke chapter 1, verse 28, he's, it says the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. What? The Lord is with you. See, the angel knew that a big ask was coming Mary way, Mary's way. And it wasn't so much an ask, but a, hey, an instruction. Hey, this is going to happen. Oh, by the way, it's happened already, huh? The very first truth the angel tells the young girl is, the Lord is with you, Mary. The Lord is with you. God is with you today. God is likely, certainly doing something, stirring something within you as he did Mary, and he is with you. The Bible tells us that God is our comforter. And that word comforter, written in the, in an, especially in the New Testament, which was written in the original in Greek language, that word comforter in the Greek, the original language, describes one who comes alongside another. God is has come alongside of you. That's a wonderful thought. It's a, it's a magnificent thought. If you would just absorb that today, that God has come alongside of me. He is with me. Now I have four children, uh, 12, 16, 16, and 18. My 18-year-old turns 19 tomorrow Christmas Eve. Yeah, I planned it that way, okay? <laughs> yeah, if you would have seen me that night, you would have known I did not plan it that way. <laughs> that was a night. Uh, so so the, now when they were little, especially the first three, now, I'm, now I do my Saturday morning pancake music, 70s, 80s music, but when the three were little, I would take them to McDonald's. Uh, and they all had this experience of going to McDonald's, 
uh, having pancakes and then going on to Playscape. McDonald's, pancakes, Playscapes. That's what dad would do. Give mom a rest on Saturday morning. I would take the kids out, right? So, and early on, the Playscapes that we had, we uh, lived in in Connecticut and Florida, the place, uh, I'm sorry, the McDonald's had Playscapes uh, chimed together. So we would go to McDonald's, they would have the Playscapes, and, you know, and this one particular Playscape, I think it was in Florida, uh, it, was pr- it was fairly large, and, and to, when you got to the top, you would have to go across this kind of a, I'm going to call it a tunnel, to the other side, about maybe 20, 25 feet long, and about maybe 15 feet high, you get to the other side, and once you got to the other side, there was a slide, and you'd go down the slide, twisting around, and you'd come down, and you did it, right? Well, my son Jason, who's about three years old at the time, he, he just would not crawl across the tunnel. The tunnel was kind of a combination of plastic and fabric material, you know, kind of bend a bit as you go through it. But he would, his, his brother would go through, his sister would go through, his sister would look at him, smile, laugh, make fun of him, and go through. That's my daughter Janelle. Not much has changed. <laughs> Taunting him. <laughs> but, you know, he, he'd get to the opening and he'd look and he'd just put his head down and then he'd come back down the other way. Take all the way back down. We went through. And I'd be down there kind of cheering him on. I'd try to entice him, bribe him, tell him about rewards. I'd threaten him. The kid just would not go through, you know? Like, you're my boy, you're my son. Well, one day, same as usual, he won't go through. He's sitting up there. I, I can see him in the opening, the, you know, the tube, and he won't come through. I'm like, okay, just to, you know, to try, Jay, we got to get going. Come on down. He's just sitting there. I'm like, hey, Jay, come on. Come. No, just go the other way. Come on. And he won't move. So after you know, a couple of minutes, I'm like, oh, come on. So here I am now. I'm about 37 at the time, 38. I got to drop my you know, my shoes off, and I got to climb up this playscape, of all playscapes, climb. They're just not made for like 37-year-old guys, right? And so as I get near the top, I see about a couple of feet from Jason, there's this little girl, and she's giving it to him, not physically, but she's lecturing him, pointing at him, and he's, and I'm like, oh man, that's why he hasn't come down probably, because there's this girl giving him a hard time. And then she turns and looks at me, and she starts giving me a hard time. You shouldn't be up here. You, this is not for you. This is for, only for kids. And I'm thinking, like, be quiet. Just be quiet, you know? Now, I don't think I said that to her. She told her mother that's what I told her. I think she, just, she said actually something worse. But so I get around her. I get to Jason. I put my arm around him, and I'm like, you know, I, I say, come on, buddy. And I'm like, you know what, Jake? Come on, let's, why don't we do this? And and I took, go with him, and we go through this tunnel together, and we get to the other side. I give him a hug, and then we slide down the slide, and we get to the bottom, you know? And, and, that, was, and that was pretty good, because it had been a rough morning up to then, but that was a really wonderful moment, huh, of us getting down to the bottom. And here's the thing. And by the way, after that, Jason would now go across the tunnel by himself. He would do it on his own. Look, whatever you're going through, God is with you. Whatever it is that you're struggling in, whatever that's holding you back from moving forward. And wherever you are, there's a possibility, wherever, whatever your socioeconomic status is, wherever you are in life, that, that there's a place, the person that you want to be, a place you want to go that you're not there. And something's holding you back from going forward, from that place that you feel to go to. 
whether it's within yourself, your relationships, your life. And I want you to know God is with you today, and God will see you through to the other side. God has come alongside of you. God has wrapped his arms around you, and God will go with you to that other side, and he will equip you and enable you to live out the life he's called for you. Now, sometimes it helps to realize, sometimes it helps in, in order to realize that God is with you, you want to remember that God was with you. You got to look back in your life and, and, and remember those moments for those who have been following Jesus, who, who've been kicking this thing, Jesus Christianity thing around, those moments when he was with you in the difficulties, in the trials, when he carried you. It's sometimes it's just a little bit clearer for us to look back and know definitively that we would not be here if not he was there with us, yes? The Bible we read of a young man named Joseph, different Joseph from the one with Mary. This is many years before. And, and his father loves him, but his brothers dislike him. He's a young guy. He's got, he's got the attitude thing going, right? Telling his brothers about his dreams. They get fed up with it. They say, you know what? Enough is enough. They hate the guy. They despise him. They throw him in a pit to die. Then they kind of get some compassion. They pull him out of a pit. They sell him into slavery. He finds himself there in his, in his owner's home, his He's falsely accused by the, his owner, his master's, uh, by his master. He's tossed into prison. And there, when you read this story of Joseph, you think, where was God in Joseph's life? Where was God through all of this? I mean, I just went through it in my 20 seconds. These were years and years of, of turmoil, of persecution, of trouble, of difficulty, pain, depression, sorrow. And you, you would read, if you read the story in Genesis, you read of God working behind the scenes, God moving all situations and circumstances and to coincide with what he's going to do in Joseph's life. You would see that Joseph goes from the pit to the prison to the palace to the second in command over all of Egypt. You see, God used a very indirect route to put Joseph in charge where then he would be able to save countless thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people from a famine that had come on the land, including the brothers who mistreated him and his dear mother and father. You see, and you read this story and you say, where was God through all of this? Where was God through all of what Joseph went through? And in Genesis chapter 39, verse 21, the Bible says, the Lord was where the Lord was with Joseph. That's right. When you look back, the Lord was with Joseph. The Lord, if you look back, if you'll even pause right now, and you look back instantaneously, you're going to know of a time in your life when God was with you. And that, and, and, and that is meant to stir you, to bring you thoughts of thanksgiving, to then just pause right now and say, that same God who is with me then is with me now. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. When I look back at my life continually, I'm reminded that God is with me. I just can't come to any other conclusion. He's prepared me. He's carried me. He's protected me. That same child who climbed through, you know, the, the playscape is the same child that had a, a, a wood stove, cast iron, fall on him at maybe a year old or a year and a half old, crush his leg. 
I remember flying to the hospital with Christy, tears pouring down my eyes, crying out to God, please, please help him, please don't let him be crippled. When, I, when Christy caught, I can hear him screaming in the background, and Christy's crying, Dave, it's so heavy. My father picked it up and dropped back on him. He's screaming, and I get to the hospital. Before we leave out, hours later that night, the doctor tells me and Christy, you know what? He, he's going to be okay. He said, she's, he's, the doctor said, we, it's really inexplicable. One, that no bones are broken. But two, that there was no damage to an artery. The, he would, the, the dent in his leg was so severe. He said, I don't know how the artery wasn't damaged. I remember that. I remember my grandfather when he passed on, who we loved and had lived with us, when he passed on, the unspeakable pain and sorrow that I had. I, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't stand up. And yet God was with me. I remember when we first started this church and we had $124 to our name, me and my wife and my kids. It was me and my wife, my kids, Diane, Lloyd, Amy, and Jim, and that. And we were going to change the Gardner region. We were going to significantly impact the greater Gardner region and see tens and dozens and hundreds of people come to know Jesus Christ, right? Sitting there in my living room. I remember... Let me pause here so I can gather myself. I remember when my son got a concussion, you know? And you're like, hey, you know, you, all right, it happens, they're playing sports, and then a week goes by, and then uh, a few weeks. And they're telling you, well, you know, it usually clears up in a few weeks or a few weeks. And, and you know, I ask questions. They're like, well, some, maybe about, oh, maybe 50% it could go four to six weeks. And, there are, you know, maybe 20% it could go just even, uh, you know, several months. And, and then there's that really small percent that a few percent that it never leaves them. It never, it never stops. And then three weeks go by, and then two months go by, and then four months go by, and now you're getting closer. Now we're like at nine months, and you're starting to think, oh, God, have mercy. And, and, and your son is, and I've talked about this, not, not only is he cooped up in his room, or is he struggling to function, when he does, he gets nervous, he can't, but he, he can't even come to church and go in and help out in kid church. He can't even go in kid church. Then it gets to the point where he can't even come to stay in here and worship. He can't even part of worship and come in to the auditorium uh, or at that time in the cinema. He couldn't even come in. It was too much for him, the lights and the sound. And just to carry that and, and, and to look back this morning and see him up there talking with you and being a part of this, how great is God, right? And I, have, and I have to pause and say, God is with you, David, this morning. He is with you because he was with you back then. He carried you through it. He made a way. He had a plan and a purpose. And now I can see why. I can see God's hand in retrospect. God is with you. Take a moment to know that's why you're here this morning. Because God is with you. He was with you then he was, he was with, he's with you now, and God will always be with you. Hear me today. God will always be with you. No matter what you go through, God will be with you. As you enter into difficulty, uncertainty, challenges, just know God, God is he's going to be with you. Because you, you often project that. We often sense that, the uncertainty. Just know God will be with me as I choose to do what is right, as I choose to do what is strongly moral, as I choose to stand by God. As I, God will be with me. Jesus will always be with you. With Mary, if Mary could have seen her future, sitting there as the angel is proclaiming what's ahead for her, when she told her you're going to be with child, 
and she was overwhelmed. If, if she could have seen her future, she would have said, I'm good. God is going to be with me. When I tell Joseph I'm pregnant and that it's God's child, God's going to be with me. And Joseph's going to stay with me. God will be with me when I give birth to the baby Jesus, my Jesus in the stable. And then when we're on the run, and when I see that same child persecuted, beaten and crucified on the cross, God is going to be with me. God will be with me as I mourn the day of his crucifixion, the day of his death, and the day after wondering what is going to happen to my boy. God is going to be with me. God will be with me through all of what's coming. And if you think about it, if she would have known, wow, God will be with me when they roll away the stone and when I know and all the world knows he is risen. Yes? Mary would see her life, a life filled with mess and with miracles. Did you get that? Mary would see her life, a life filled with mess and with miracles. I want you to get to the two are never apart. Don't ever think you're going to have a miracle without a mess. And when you're in a mess, know you're likely on the threshold of a miracle because God is with you. We don't see anything but that in Scripture. I've not experienced anything but that in my life. My life has not been cut and dry. My first Christmas with Jesus 25 years ago, it, it was incredibly complicated for me. There was so much confusion. I'm maybe a couple of months from turning to faith, from following Jesus, meaning from just saying, okay, I'm not going to live my life on my own. I'm not going to think only for my own place and for myself. I'm going to consider, think, trust, believe in God in all that I do. And you know what? As much as it was a deeply wonderful time of being with Christy for the first time as a Christmas and being with, with her mom and dad, it was messy. You see, a miracle was happening in my life. God was doing something in my life, which has brought me here today to be with you. But it was messy. The presence of God was coming over me, and it was messy because a miracle was happening. Miracles don't come easy. They don't come nicely wrapped in packages. There are no bows on them. Miracles come from messes. Do you hear me? You need to hear that this morning. You need to know that. Miracles happen when we are determined not to write our own story, but to trust in God and lean into him and to know that God was with us, God is with us, and God will be with us. Yes? I do. I believe in here today that if you would just settle in to this truth that Jesus has come into this world and God is with us, that something incredible will happen in you and a miracle will be birthed in you. We trust God that he is with us. We trust God that he is with us. And we celebrate that today. We celebrate that God in heaven gave us this unimaginable gift, his son, Jesus Christ. We celebrate it. It's paramount in our life. It's more important than anything that's going on. To those who, to do, not, who do not know Jesus as their, as their Lord and Savior, who've, who've not really embraced the one true God, you need to know that God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believed in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. 
In other words, this, is, this was God's way of saying, sending Jesus into this world, having Jesus die for our sins, my sins, your sins. This was God saying, I don't just want to be with you. I want to be with you forever. God wants to be with you forever. This must do something in you. If you would just pause and not dismiss that, not filter that, not break that down, but let it sink in for all that it is, for the truth that it is, it's going to do something deep and wonderful in your soul because you were created for that purpose. God invites you. He invites me. He invites all of us to come into his presence this morning to thank him for the precious gift of our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I so exhort anyone in here today who does not believe in Jesus or who came in not believing in Jesus, came in not grasping that God is with them, that perhaps now God, Holy Spirit, has moved on you, cultivated you, livened your soul, awakens you to your need of him and the magnificence of what he's done and that, and that you are now inclining, leaning, crying out, reaching out, embracing the one true God. If that's you today, when Christy talked about this connection card, there's, a, there's two lines. One of them, uh, it says, my next step. It's on the gray side and, and it says, I and I've decided to have a personal relationship with Jesus. I'm starting a personal relationship with Jesus today. Another one says, I'm renewing my relationship. Like, what am I doing? It's, it's been me with me, but today it's God with me, you know? I look back, I see me and, my, and all my problems. I look forward and I see me. I look here, I see me. No. Now I look back and I see God was merciful. He carried me. He, he got me here. God is with me now that I'm even thinking this way and contemplating and thinking of better things and hopeful things. I would not be doing that on my own. And as I look forward, I see God, 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 Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is going to be with me. He's calling me to everlasting love. Check that box off. Bring it to the guest services table, and they will, they will give you a package. It's got a Bible. It's got some, some good other stuff to give you traction. Lord, let's just, let's just bow our heads. Why don't you stand with me with bow our heads? Father, we love you. We're so grateful for this morning. We're so grateful, oh God, to come into your presence, oh God. Lord, we thank you for stepping out of heaven, for giving us this truth that God is with us. We pray right now that each one in here today would experience your presence, oh God, deeply within each one of us, oh God. And that if for some the first time that our hearts will be filled with joy and with love and with peace because we know you are with us. Come, Heavenly Father, come, O oh Jesus, O oh come, O oh come, Emmanuel. Amen. Just want to put something out there quickly. Christy, myself, my family, we've uh, we decided that Christmas Eve services want to encourage and really encourage you to invite friends and family. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be an inspiring time. Um, invite them to come out to one of the two services, 4.30, 6 o'clock. Uh, afterwards, probably around maybe 7.30. Uh, if you don't have a place to go, and we found this for different reasons. Sometimes people just, the way life has come to be, they're, they're just alone. 
or families in distant places or there's fragmentation in relationships. Sometimes the way uh, families have gone and, and, and children are with different parents and parents tend to be alone for that reason. So there's a whole slew of reasons, but that said, seemingly you're just gonna be alone or kind of floundering around on Christmas Eve. So myself and my wonderful wife and my children, we're gonna hang around and have Christmas dinner. We're gonna have it in a hub, and uh, we welcome you to join us uh, and to be with us, because we, we love you. And, and we, we love this kingdom, and we love spending time with people, and, we, and it's, just, it's, just, it's a privilege, it's a joy, it's a wonderful thing to be able to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and who better to celebrate them with you? So it's not charity, it's just a celebration, and it's wonderful. So I just welcome you to join us. Just go to the guest services table and just tell them, hey, I'm, I'm going to hang around, and I want to, you know, I want to come to the Christmas Eve dinner with Pastor Dave. Just let them know so we get a good idea of who's going to be there. To that said, Merry Christmas to God be the glory.